0: Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy podcast show. In this episode, I'm going to go over when to add salt to your pool. If you just got a salt water generator, I'm going to go over some tips on when to add salt. If you have an existing one and it's calling for more salt or the salt level showing low, I'll go over some cautions with you. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service, save time and money, and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Let me go over the timetable with a newly plastered pool, and this is only for plaster. It doesn't really apply to pebble tech, vinyl, or fiberglass. Although you probably should wait just a little bit before adding salt because once you turn on the saltwater generator, it's going to be a lot harder to balance the pH in the pool. And I'll go over that in a little more detail in a second, but I just want to share a caution with a newly plastered pool. And something you shouldn't do is add the salt within the first 30 days. I actually like waiting longer. I like waiting 60 days, but most builders will say, that you shouldn't add salt to a plaster pool that's been freshly plastered or re-plastered for at least 30 days. And the reason is that the surface is just like wet cement. When you're adding the salt to the pool, it does sometimes cause problems with the surface. Because if you think about it, you're pouring in, you know, 40 a 40-pound 40 bag of salt, it's gonna land on the surface of the pool, and this is gonna cause some problems with the pool surface, it could cause staining. And it could cause some either discoloration or the kind of problems with the plaster pool. So the rule of thumb with a plaster pool, just for adding anything, an automatic cleaner using the pool, is 14 days for those things, or 30 days in most cases. I really don't like putting an automatic cleaner in the pool that's been re-plastered for at least 30 days anyway. But for the salt, definitely want to wait at least 30 days before you add the salt if you have a salt water generator. There's really no reason anyway to get it operating that quickly. You can maintain that pool with the liquid chlorine up until that point. And you definitely want to make sure that you don't add the salt to the pool right away. Another thing that could happen also is sometimes the builder's employee will add the salt to the pool. They'll have the bags of salt back there or they'll deliver them and they'll add the salt. But they may not tell you they've added the salt. You may not see them do that. And I've seen this happen before where the builder will add the salt. Maybe they don't follow the rule, and the customer goes to add more salt and then of invariably the salt level is like eight thousand parts per million. So be very cautious that whoever adds the salt is a clearly defined it's a clearly defined boundary of okay, I'm going to add the salt if I'm doing the startup, I'm adding the salt, I contact the builder to make sure no one has put salt in and of course, the most logical way to test for this is with a digital salinity tester. If you do pool service, I definitely recommend you getting a digital salinity tester so that you can actually test the water before you go to add salt, because sometimes the customer adds salt, sometimes the builder will add salt, and then if you go to add salt to the pool without checking this, you could bring the salt level extremely high. One thing that's happened to me before is that I'll leave extra bags of salt for myself there at the pool to add to the pool when I need to bring the salt level up, because I don't really like bringing back the salt you know, on all occasions. So I'll leave bags there, usually about two bags of salt by the equipment at the customer's house. And I've had this happen to me where the customer actually pours the salt in that I left there for, you know, later use. Cause sometimes in the middle of summer, you need to add some more salt to the pool and they'll pour it in thinking that I left it there because I didn't add it for some reason. So they decided to, to do it themselves it causes a problem. So I make sure that when I do leave extra salt, at the pool, at the service account, which I, I tend to do because I like to put the salt there all at the beginning of the season at all my accounts. I'll make sure that the customer know that I'll be adding the bag of salt sometime later in the season, that that bag of salt is something that I will add and I'll test for it, just to make it clear. And this is what I mean by having the clear defined boundaries of who has salt to the pool. Sometimes customers will get a little bit gung-ho. They'll buy salt and add it without telling you. And I've had this happen also. Or they thought it needed it. I don't know. They read something online and they figured they would add it. Or they looked at the equipment and it showed like low salt. And they took matters into their own hand and added salt. So this may happen also. But I've seen a lot of times where someone adds salt to the pool before you get there. And if you don't test for it, you can make the error of adding too much salt to that pool. So make sure you get a digital salinity tester. There's all kinds of good ones out there. You have the one by Lamotte, the tracer you have the Hawk Salinity Tester, and if you go to Amazon, there's a bunch of other salinity testers. I like the Okaton, Okotan Okotin one. That's a good salinity tester also. So that 30-day waiting period is not really called for in a pebble tech or a vinyl or fiberglass pool. However, you probably don't want to fire up the saltwater system right away anyway for a number of reasons, but for the primary reason is that part of the process of generating the chlorine for the pool is that it raises the pH in the pool. I'm not going to go over all all the reasons why that happens, but basically the pH will go up in the pool when you have the saltwater generator activated. So this creates a problem when you go to balance the pool. And in the beginning, balancing the pool water is extremely critical for a plaster surface type. It's not super critical for a pebble tech, although it is important. Otherwise, you may have some scale buildup on the pebble tech. And it is fairly critical for vinyl and fiberglass pool because you want to keep the chemicals balanced so that you don't have anything weird happen to the surface at the beginning. And a balanced pool is always better than an unbalanced pool anyway. And so the saltwater generator can cause problems with balancing. And if you're unfamiliar with how to balance chemicals and you have this device that's raising the pH to, you know, 8.2, 8.4 in the pool, you're going to have trouble balancing even a fiberglass and vinyl pool or pebble tech pool for that matter. You're going to have an even harder time keeping your plaster pool in balance because as the pool plaster is curing for the first six months, you're going to have a very high acid demand in that pool. The plaster has a pH of like 12 and so as it's curing, you're going to have to keep adding muriatic acid to the pool to lower the pH. And If that pH is constantly rising, it's going to Cause you all kinds of problems when you're trying to lower down the pH in the pool. So that's one reason why you really don't want to start the saltwater generator within the first 90 days, in my opinion, for a plaster pool, because you want to be able to balance that pH, get it within range, and then once you turn on the saltwater generator, you can deal with the rising pH in several ways. You could, of course, you should have it dialed in to where the saltwater generator is not running you know, 100% output and you're not over-chlorinating the pool or overrunning that generator, the best way to reduce the pH demand or the high-acid demand because of the rising pH in a saltwater generator is to be able to set it so the output is at 50%, and that way you're not running the saltwater generator a long time, creating the high pH problem. Or you can add borates to the pool at 50 parts per million. this is a secondary buffer. So I should just mention that a primary buffer is the alkalinity. If you're able to keep the alkalinity at 80 to 100 parts per million, this will help, of course, with the pH and it'll help buffer it. Because the lower the alkalinity is, the less or the slower the pH will rise in that pool. And then if you add borates to 50 parts per million, which is a secondary buffer, This will also prevent the pH from rising rapidly in the pool. So there's all ways to combat the rising pH with a saltwater generator. You just don't wanna be combating that while you're trying to balance the pool with a new plaster surface. And since plaster is probably the most common surface type, you definitely want to use these cautions about adding it in the first 30 days, adding salt, I should say, in the first 30 days, which could stain that plaster or cause problems. And also keep the saltwater generator off at least for the first two or three months until you can balance the water get a handle on it. And the same goes for a vinyl and fiberglass or pebble tech pool. You want to be good at balancing the pH in that pool before you add the element of the pH rising rapidly in that pool. And that's why I don't like turning on the generator right away regardless of the actual surface type of the pool. Another problem that you're going to run into is that sometimes the saltwater system, if it's existing, will call for more salt. You'll see a low salt reading. This happens a lot with the Hayward Aquarite cells. It also happens with the Pentair cell on an automated system. Sometimes you'll see that the salinity level is showing low on the automated system, you'll get a low reading. Let's say you're getting, you know, 2,300 parts per million of salt and you see the cell. It shows that the cell is fine. There's nothing saying low salt, although sometimes you get a low salt indicator on the salt cell itself. And this indicator may mean that you do need to add salt to the pool, or it may mean that the salt cell is dirty and the salinity reading is going to be off in that case. And again, this happens a lot with the Pentair and Hayward cells. One thing with the Hayward Aquaroid cells, once they start getting to the end of their lifespan, and this is also sometimes the case with other saltwater systems, you're gonna get a false low salinity reading. And again, that's why I say get a good digital salinity tester that you can test the water just to verify that the system is operating correctly. Otherwise, you can be adding salt when you really don't need to, and it could be the problem of the salt cell being dirty. So if you do see a low salt indicator, and you test the pool, and your digital meter is showing you know, 3,100 parts per million, but the system is saying 2,300 or 2,400 parts per million, I would suggest taking the salt cell off and then giving it a rinse with some acid. And each salt system is a little bit different. They'll call for a different amount of myriotic acid to water. The ratio is a little bit different in each system. But clean the salt cell, put it back on. Sometimes it takes three hours to reset, Sometimes you'll have to come back the following week to make sure that it reset because you can't really wait that long if you're doing pool service. So what I do when there's a low salt reading and I test the water and it's fine, I go ahead and clean the cell, put everything back together, and then I'll leave the account, come back the next week and see if it still shows a low salt indicator. And that could be that the cell is actually getting old and you have to replace it. Sometimes there's no way to tell how old the salt system is or how old the cell is. And so you're going to have to just guess if someone bought the house and it had a salt system there. There's probably no way for them to know. But a good indicator that the salt cell is at the end of its lifespan is that the system is giving you a false low salinity reading if it does have a salinity monitor. Some salt systems don't have a salinity monitor. So be aware, like the Jandy True Clear, there's the only way to tell what the salt level is is with a digital tester that you use. And there's no secondary reading from the system itself, which I kind of like because then you eliminate the error of getting a low-salt reading from a system if the cell is starting to fail or if there's something wrong with the system itself. The problem is that a lot of people don't realize this. And so they'll see that the salt system is flashing low-salt. They'll check the salinity and it says 1,800 parts per million. And then they'll add, you know, three bags of salt And then maybe a week later it's going to be fine or let will say 2,800 parts per million. But then it drops back down to 2,100 and then they add more salt. And I've taken over some salt pools where the salinity level is at 6,000. I just had a member recently in Florida send me a message saying that the salt level at that pool was 9,000 parts per million because they kept adding salt to the pool thinking that would fix the problem. The problem is once you have a salt level above 5,000 parts per million, it's going to cause some corrosion of heater parts, check valves. It may even cause some corrosion of anything that's touching the pool, like a pool light fixture or any kind of railing that goes in the pool. Even a stainless steel railing can be affected by really high salt content. And in the case where you have salt at 6,000 parts per million, you would have to drain half the water in the pool logically to bring it down to 3,000 parts per million. So you don't wanna to get to that point where you over, you have too much salt in the pool. The case of the pool at 9,000 parts per million, that's gonna call for a full drain because there's no way to drain half of it to get it low enough. You just have to drain all the water in that case. So putting salt in the pool without testing it with a digital salinity meter is one of the first errors. And this is one of the f- best ways to avoid adding too much salt to the pool The second way is to make sure you have clear boundaries with the builder, with the startup person, with the homeowner, so that you are the only one adding salt or someone is the only person adding salt to that pool so that the process is not duplicated. And of course, communicate to the customer that, you know, since you're taking care of their pool, you're, you are the one who's going to be purchasing the salt and adding the salt to the pool to avoid the customer adding too much salt. Now, when you first start up a pool and you're adding salt, here's an important concept that you should take into consideration. You may measure the pool, and you may be off by you know what you think is a thousand gallons, but you may be off by more than a thousand gallons. So, what I like to do when I add salt to a pool, and I just did this recently when I I started up a new saltwater generator in a saltwater pool, is I like to estimate the size of the pool. And then I will add less salt than I think it needs. Now this is an important concept because you can overdo it without thinking too much because you misjudge the size of the pool. And this is really easy to do because it's really hard to do this, and especially if the pool is free-formed or if you just get the math wrong. So for example, if you had a 20,000-gallon pool and you wanted to bring the salt level to 3,200 parts per million and you test it and it's at zero, you would have to add uh, let's see, three, f- about five hundred and thirty pounds of salt to the pool, which if you're using forty pound forty pound bags, which is what they typically sell in my area, you would be adding thirteen bags of salt to that pool to bring it to uh, to uh, thirty two hundred parts per million. However, if you actually misjudge the size of the pool and added that, you could actually bring it to four thousand parts per million. So instead of adding thirteen bags, I would add about nine or 10 bags, and that gives you a pretty good cushion. And that way, if you did miscalculate and the pool is only 18,000 gallons, you're still within the range. And of course, if you need to add more, you can always add more salt later, but it's harder to undo the salt than it is to add more which means the only way to actually undo extra salt in the pool is by doing a partial drain. And you probably don't want to do that, especially if it's a new pool and you just they just built it and you have to tell the customer, I have to drain a, a couple of feet of water because I added too much salt. Of course, you probably wouldn't admit that. But draining water right away when you because you overdid it is not a smart thing to do. So you definitely want to make sure that you check all this and make sure you're not overdoing it with the salt when you first charge it. Because, again, it's easier to add bags later than to undo that. And there are, of course, certain times of the year where you just don't want to add salt to the pool. And I would say in the wintertime or the off season, I wouldn't add salt to the pool because typically a salt water generator is not even working at that time. You're going to get an indicator on the salt cell that it's too cold. And the salt water generators typically will only work in water temperature of about 70 degrees or warmer. I think most of them will come on and activate at like 68 degrees or so. So you don't want to add salt to a pool in the off-season because there's really no need because it's not actually using the saltwater generator in that case. Also, I found that if the water temperature is lower, sometimes the onboard salinity readings will give you a false low reading. Again, most of the digital testers will have a temperature calibration or it'll actually give you the salt level regardless of the temperature of the pool. So refer to your to a good digital salinity tester before you add salt especially if the water is cold. I'm typically adding salt to the pools in my area in May all the way through, of course, summer if I need to recharge the pool with salt. So I don't add salt to a pool usually until at least late April, depending on if we get, you know, a heat wave early. But the water temperature in most of the pools in my area doesn't get above 65 degrees until mid-April. So I'm not adding salt to any of those pools until the water temperature is at a good range to where I know that the saltwater generator is going to activate and I indeed need salt in that pool at that time. So once you have the pool, saltwater pool, fully charged with salt, how often do you have to add more salt to the pool? And this is a question I get a lot. And the answer is pretty simple because the salt doesn't actually evaporate out. So all the only thing that evaporates out of the pool is the pure water. And you can kind of see this if you like boil tea in in a pan. You're gonna see like some residue, and that's because only the water evaporates, and so the calcium and anything else is left in there. And the same thing is true with the salt that you add into the pool. It's one of those things that does not evaporate out, like cyanuric acid, calcium. All this stays in, in the pool water. The borates, by the way, also will not evaporate out, so you're not gonna recharge the pool with borates as often. Uh, But the water does have, you have some splash out. You can backwash your pool. And this causes sometimes the salt to be diluted. Also, if you get heavy rain, this also dilutes the salt, especially if you're in an area where you get rain in the summertime. So those are the things that will actually cause the salt level to drop in the pool naturally. And in that case, you'll have to add more salt. And so that's why sometimes the indicator on the system for the salinity will actually go down when actually the pool water, the pool does need more salt. And that's why, again, use your digital meter, test it, and let's say that you you added salt in May, and now it's July, and then you test it. In May, it was at 3,100 parts per million, and now in July, you're testing it at 2,700. So you may need to add some more salt to that pool, of course, because, you know, it's been two months, and there's been some usage, and you backwash the filter couple times so this causes the salt to leave the water in that case and so definitely make sure you look at a chart and usually the chart on the back of the bag of the 40 pound bag of salt is accurate and so it'll say if your salt levels at 2700 add this amount of salt for your pool size and I would generally say you know depending on the pool you want to make sure you don't overdo it again because if you add like two bags of salt when you only need to add one bring the salt level up too high so adding re, recharging the pool with salt is also something that takes a little bit of skill and there's lots of charts everywhere that can help you out if you go to even like hayward site they'll have a chart of your pool size and so i'll give you that example again let's say you have a twenty thousand gallon pool and you test the pool and it's coming in and the chart will show you this let's say it's coming in at 2600 uh, parts per million. It says that you need to add 100 pounds of salt to the pool, which is about two bags. And so simply add two bags of salt if your pool is exactly, of course, 20,000 gallons. that I'll bring it up. But then again, if you use my formula, I would just add one bag and then I would check back the next week to see if that did it or not before I add the second bag. And you can, of course, add partial bags if you need to, if you wanted to get, you know, maybe, um, you know, a little bit of salt back into the pool. For example, that same example, the salt level is at 2,800 parts per million, then you would add 67 pounds, which is a little more than a bag and a half. However, just be aware that the Hayward AquaRite does work as low as 2,700 parts per million, so you may not have to add any salt at all until it gets below the operating threshold. Every salt system's a little different, so refer to the owner's manual of the minimum salt level and the maximum salt level, and you wanna kinda stay within the range for your saltwater system. Most saltwater systems require 3,000 parts per million of salt to operate, but the Hayward Aquaroid, again, only requires 2,700 parts per million, and every salt system is a little different, so you don't want to overdo it. I always say the least amount of salt you can use in the pool, the better, to avoid any kind of corrosion issues, and of course, you want to err on the side of caution when you're adding salt, so you don't overdo it and add too much salt to the pool. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. Just click on the podcast icon. That will take you to a drop down menu of other podcasts I've recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. The Cool Guy Podcast Show. The pool guy Podcast Show. The pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick.